This is the Swans Blog, Swans Cast, the original Sydney Swans podcast. We're going to get straight into it. We've got the review. We're going to discuss the Danaher trade, Sam Gray, Caden Brand, Will Gould, and more. And we are certainly going to give you our autopsy on that shellacking on the weekend. With us tonight is Joshua and Stephen. Guys, how much of the match did you end up actually watching? I didn't see too much of it. In fact, the, the probably 30 minutes I did see was after I commandeered a TV in the waiting room of a hospital so I could have a look at some stuff. Uh, but what I did see was pretty ugly. Yeah, and I must uh, say, Stephen, before you jump in, uh, this podcast is unofficially uh, sponsored by Han Superdry because I'm going to need it to get through this one. <laughs> well, Justin, I was so tragic. I actually watched it live, recorded it, oh, and God. watched it a second time just to analyse the swans. And sadly... I was nothing but disappointed. What could See, you possibly Biggest analyze? football nerd in Tasmania, <laughs> right there. I'm still trying to figure out what he could possibly analyse that you couldn't figure out the first time around. We were, no, we were no, I think he's got some good stuff. We should listen to him. Okay, yeah, okay. Let's, let's yeah. hear it. Let's well, go, Stephen. I actually, I was actually looking through to actually find any, any semblance of things that were positive. I found one, and that was it. <laughs> Okay, waiting. Would you like to know Brilliant. what that was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the umpiring was really good. <laughs> oh, come on. I thought you were going to say Will Gould's hit. That was an epic hit. No. Yeah, but it was lucky he didn't get reported. So yeah, that's true. Whether, whether that's an epic hit or not, I don't know. If he does that in a regular season, he'll be gone for two weeks. Yeah, well. Probably right. Yeah. yeah. They'd be soft enough to do it. Well, the first quarter was okay. It was certainly thereabouts, but um, wow. <laughs> It it certainly seemed like that, uh, like the elimination final we had um, nearly a couple of years ago. Now, didn't it? Yeah, that same sort of lack of drive and intensity after coming back from a break was certainly similar to what we've seen in the past. Um, just out for a training run, and I think uh, I think they got spanked, and I sort of think they just didn't care. The sad thing for me, Justin, was you got to look at it this way. GWS had 12 players out, one injured in the first quarter. We had six out of our 22. It really worries me where we're looking because there was no intensity and there was no dynamic play whatsoever. I completely agree, and we've talked about this uh, offline quite a bit, the fact that it seemed like the GWS players not only turned up to play, not just to win but to play hard, but all the young players turned up to stamp their authority down and really make a case for senior selection. We've got players who played anywhere up to seven senior games in the last two years who looked an absolutely mile better than even our most senior players. And and that speaks volumes, I think. It really speaks volumes about where they are as a club and their intensity in the very first week of uh, pre-season official matches and where the Swans are and their intensity, which was just nowhere to be seen. It was probably worse than um, Carlton's effort last year or the year before, to be honest. I think one of the things that I found so uh, so hard about the bits that I've seen and the conversations I've had from you guys, 
uh, afterwards is that it's GWS and you know they really try to talk up the rivalry for the rivalry for the two derbies during the year and if there's a team that you don't want to fold like a you know a sheet of paper against it's them because there's a certain amount of street cred attached to that as well um, getting spanked by the Giants I, I I could have handled getting spanked by anybody else but not not by them that hurts my major concern was the fact that it was a Marsh Community Series game. There's a lack of defensive pressure and intensity in those types of games. There always is because people are frightened of getting injured. And then you look at it, and our disposal efficiency was actually worse than what it was for most of last season. Well, don't yeah, forget that's... as well that we had all... Well, not even nearly. We had more than 100 less disposals than GWS as well. Yeah, that's right. How many uh, less disposals did we have uncontested is my concern. Did you see that? I think it was 148 they had extra. And the other interesting thing, um, before you jump in, Josh, was if you go back and watch the match, about halfway through the third quarter, we we had three of the top four possession getters, and they were Parker, uh, Kennedy, and I think Florent. That's a bit scary because neither of those guys, Parker and Kennedy I'm talking about, looked very good. Florent is not an A grader, and I don't think he'll ever make it. Well, that's harsh, Josh. That that's harsh. That's yeah, yeah, harsh. That, that's harsh. <laughs> that's Look, a I big call. I, I I can't I can't like I said I can't really say much about the way our the the boys um, really went because I didn't see a comp- I didn't get a comprehensive look at what I saw and I didn't get back to watch a replay either. Um, but probably one of the things that sort of stands out to me is this recurring concept that it's just preseason, you know, it's just sort of a fitness run or it's um, it sort of gets played down. There's almost this expectation as Sydney supporters we go, oh, that's all right, it's just a preseason game and we don't do well in the preseason any year. Well, maybe that's a problem, um, but uh, maybe that's a problem that we that we don't have a hard go at preseason every year. Um, but certainly the club, the press coming out of the club, is that they were pretty filthy about the lack of effort. And so I'd say the club takes preseason games everywhere. They might not they might not necessarily go out to win, but they certainly go out to test fitness and to test structure and to get experience for players um, in key positions. When you got guys like Brett Kirk, who, you know, Mr... Uh, uh, Mr. Meditation himself, and they're using the words Brett Kirk and Furious in the same sentence, and then they're making statements like there was absolutely nothing to learn out of that game. Um, maybe the fans should start taking preseason a little bit more seriously because the club certainly thinks they should, and I would hope this week coming that they do. Yeah, and look, I'm probably guilty of saying myself that it's just preseason, and you do try and take the positives because preseason results are misleading. You shouldn't read too much into them. No, that's but, right. But you you expect yeah. you don't expect to win. You don't expect to win. You just expect like some competitive sort of effort and yep. um, to see them test some stuff. Well, we didn't test anything. No, and it wasn't competitive at all. No, and I think the senior players again, and this has been a recurring theme. It was certainly last year and a fair bit of the season before. The senior players really just let the team down, and they didn't lead from the front at all. And like for me, when I'm watching a preseason match, I don't really care about the result. I just want to see who's improving, who's playing, what works, what doesn't work, if they're trying something different. And you're right, you couldn't see if they're trying something different because, quite frankly, they were beaten in every single facet of the game possible. They were completely dominated in ruck, completely dominated in forward line, completely dominated in defence, completely and utterly smashed in midfield. 
and we're not talking by quality players. We're talking by GWS's B and C graders. We're giving pretty much what was almost an A-grade midfield of ours an absolute hiding. Agreed. And how is it that a player like Green comes into the team, gets 21 disposals, four tackles, and two goals in his first match at that level? Now, that's a bit beyond what you would expect a junior to come in and get. You compare that to Stevens, for us, what did he do? I think he got 13 possessions, no tackles, and I think he only went at 40% for his efficiency. Yeah. It's, so, it's weird, really, like the way they've been recruiting over the last couple of years. Green was an academy selection for them, wasn't he? He was, but that shouldn't matter. It's his first game at that level. He was playing on guys that have years of experience, and then he comes out and does that. You had yeah, but guys... yeah, that level was Nefal level. Yeah, no, but it was. I, I, agree. I agree with what Stephen's saying. Is it's a bit yeah. of, it's a bit embarrassing for us as a team to have our oh, young sure. kids come in who are highly touted, highly ranked, and our first selection come in play a bit shit, and then Nefal selection come in and just smash it. And he yeah. honestly looked like he should probably be in contention for round one. And we can't even get anyone from the Nefal to come in and look like they should be ready for round one. No one at no. all. Yeah, that's right. And there wasn't that intensity for positions. It's like the side's decided, so we're just going to go out there and have a game. We already know what's happening, so that's it. So what do we do about that? How do we fix that? How do we go about it? And yes, it is a preseason match, and I agree with both of you around what you said. It's not about what we do and how we do it. It's about the improvement, and I just didn't see it. I didn't see it in our, any of our third or fourth year players, and that's yep. what we need. So we're going to talk a little bit about the state of origin game a little bit later on, but I'd like to sort of stick to this topic a little bit. And I think uh, a lot of this comes down to just the, the dearth of leadership within the club. There's almost a vacuum. So you can kind of think under uh, Adam Goods, Kieran Jack, Jared McVay, they would have screamed and yelled and tried to drag the team as much as possible towards something resembling a half-decent performance. I'm not saying um, Josh Kennedy's a bad captain, but... There is an unmistakable relationship between Sydney's, I'd say, less than stellar performances since 2017, since he became captain, and what it was previously. And we had largely the same team. Uh, Luke Parker, great player, doesn't really look like he has really excelled as a captain. And you could also say the same for Dane Ramp. He hasn't really excelled as a captain either. Do we do we need to look at a new captain at season's end? Do we need to say Callum Mills just just take over because he looks like really the only player who could actually go out there, grab a few players by the scruff of the neck and really give them a good old foot up the arse and, you know, show us what you got, guys. I I don't know. I don't know. It might be a little bit early in the year to make jump to those sort of discussions, but certainly on the games last year where Jared McVeigh was on the halfback line pointing and screaming at people, we certainly played better in those games, I thought. Um, so there might be something in what you're saying there. I would agree with that, and my argument is this. You don't have to have the best player in your team to be the best captain. You look throughout history, and the majority of captains have been good at instructing and motivating. It's not about what they necessarily do on the field, and that is an important part of it, but it's about the way they lead everyone around them. Kennedy's a great player, or has been in the past, but he's never, ever been that vocal leader on the field directing people. That's always been McVeigh. 
you look at Rampy. Rampy is very similar. He's a great player on the field, but he's not someone who actually directs and leads. Parker's essentially the same type of player again. You haven't got that person like Goods who just pushes and pushes, or McVeigh who pushes from the front. The only person I agree with you, Justin, is Callum Mills, who I really see. I can't yeah. see Heaney being that way. I can't see anyone. Probably the next person on the field is Buddy when he's up and about. Uh, but then Tom the problem Papley with that well. is, and Tom Papley. Yeah, Tom Papley's got a bit of mongrel about him when it's not going well. Yeah, look, I, I think we need mongrel. I think we need a lot more. We got rid of Zach Jones. He had a little bit of fight in him, but we, we traded him. And well, I think it's it was so obvious just that pace that we we're lacking inside the contest. And we're going to talk a little bit about the players uh, a little bit later on just to play. Before, but, yeah, just before you move on, Justin. So slow. The one thing that you actually have around Papley that concerns me is he can actually be quite negative towards his teammates. <laughs> Beer. Yes. Yeah. So that was Han <laughs> Super Dry coming in there for you. Yeah. We'll give you an ad there. And we'll go back to Papley. <laughs> the unofficial sponsorship. We'll go back to Papley there. Papley can be quite negative towards his teammates if it's not going in his own favour. And that's a concern yeah. around his leadership. Yeah, that's a really good that's a really good point. Uh look, let's um let's talk about some of the improvers from the game. Um shit, it's kinda hard to be honest, because it's <laughs> only the recruits who look good. Well, let's talk about the recruits then, because there was a couple of good bits in there from what yeah. I saw. Uh, so Will Gould actually looked like our best defender of the day. It was his first game, but he was a Sandville regular last season, and he had good numbers last season in the Sandville as well. He is no mug. No. No, uh, and he's built like the proverbial brick shithouse as well, isn't he, for a 19-year-old kid? You know, just on 100 kilos, 190 centimetres tall. I'll tell you what, if... Uh, I mean, Steve made the statement early that we don't have a lot of... Uh, competition for selection in our side. Well, I think this year we've actually got a decent amount of competition as far as tall defenders go. Yeah. Um, with Mayborn back from his knee, Rico, um, I, I would hope he gets a debut this year to see what he's actually got. Will Gould just looks the goods. I reckon he'll be out, he'll be around one debut yeah, based definitely. on that one game so far. Um, and uh, oh, Lewis, uh, the Pelican, oh, um, he might want to look out because he's got some competition for his spot now. Mate, a rusted spoon would do a better job than him in defence. The one concern I have around Will Good, and don't get me wrong, I, I've put him in my fantasy team. I think he's going to be an absolute gun. And it's one thing that Dermy was talking about the other day with him. My, his concern around him was he's probably five to eight kilos for how young he is overweight because when it gets to the middle of the season is that weight going to be an issue for him about running out games when he starts to get that fatigue when he starts to get those injuries in the middle of the season will that bulk then cause an issue for him being so young and it's all well and good now to be have that bulk coming up against fresh bodies but when he starts to tire is that going to be a concern and Dermy thought it would be yeah yeah but it always is for the first couple of years yeah, yeah, that's true. I think the good thing is that he looks like he can play tall and small, and that's an important. That is a really important uh, part of our defense that we haven't really had. Someone he's one ninety one and ninety five kilos or something like that. Someone of his size who can do both. Uh, Lewis Malikin, I think, is uh, maybe one ninety two and high eighties, maybe low nineties weight wise. But you pin those two up in a. Uh, in a sprint, and I think Will Gould's going to get to the other side of the ground with about 30 metres to spare. 
Yep. Uh, yep. Agreed. Sam Let's Gray. Let's move on to yeah. Caden Brand. Oh, well, okay. Right. Just, just as a preface before we talk about these two. Yep. Um, last week when we talked, Steve and I had a quick discussion on the pod about players who were traded in. Now, we, I got the list from at the AFL on what players were traded at the end of the, at the, end of the, um, the trade and free agency period. And Caden Brand and uh, Sam Gray, for some reason, were not on that list. So we didn't miss them last week because we forgot. We missed it because the AFL published something which was wrong. That's uh, what research is there for, Sonny. I, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, yes. I had about 20 minutes yes. to throw we that apologize, fans. Blame Josh for that anyway. one. But um, uh, Kate Brand, I, I really liked him. Uh, his issues with Hawthorne has carried over, though. Great in the air. Looks like a very solid defender. Going to do a great job. Can't dispose the ball to save himself. He'll fit right in then. <laughs> he fits yeah. in like a glove already. Like an OJ Simpson glove is how he fits. Yeah. That's uh, no it, different, though. How many times have we had players like that in the past? Jake Lloyd. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Dunkley. Uh, yeah, well, Leo Barry. Yep. Ty Canelli. Like oh, I keep saying, I don't, good. I don't care. I just want, I want, just want, I want 18 on the park who will compete. And if he wants, yeah. if he's going to compete, he can have a spot at the oh, moment. Yeah. Um, quite happy with that. I'd give him Malikin's spot any day of the week. He looks uh, much better composed and capable defender than Malikin. Which is um, a shame because when the when Malikin is composed, he's got a weapon of a foot on him. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he's, but, disposal's great. But uh, he's not composed. Well, um, it's probably a little bit unfair. He's not composed as often as he should be. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it, really? So I think his biggest weakness, and I don't want to harp on about it too much, is that he's just so slow and just seems so unathletic and to make matters worse he's suffered five hamstring injuries in the last nine months that is bad yeah yeah that is true too um but uh, assuming he stays fit this year well it's his year to uh to finally shine um and show us actually what he can do or what at least the the club thinks he can do yep um squizzy taylor some speed if you can get to speed. He's not going to Squiz- get any speed with those five hamstring injuries. Probably not. But yeah, Squizzy um, Taylor, lead us Squizzy Taylor, my favourite um, pickup for the end of uh, last year. Um, how did he look? Fast. Very, very fast. Probably a bit too fast with the disposal too. But uh, hey, yeah. he, fits, he fits in. Um, he's just like a mob man. Straight into the team. Yeah. No, Josh? I, I think he'll be a round one yeah, he butchers it like no tomorrow, so he's round one for sure. Yeah, but he he's played better than that be... when he was with the Lions. <laughs> he's going to be a Zach Jones, but I don't reckon he'll be as committed, and I actually didn't think that he was that good, to be honest. I actually would have said out of all of our recruits, he would have been the one. So out of Brand, Gray, and Taylor, he was the worst of the three. Probably, yeah. I'll go with that. But hey, uh, let's talk about Gray. Gray, Sam Gray. Gray. Uh, he um, looked genuinely pissed off. He actually looked really, really pissed off. I don't blame him, to be honest. Tell me more. Um, Stephen, I'm sure you sort of saw this when he was playing on the field, but uh, there was times when he was on the field just looking around like WTF is going on. Yeah, I can't believe I, I left Port he... Adelaide for this. Yeah, I would say the same thing. He actually looked... Like, what the hell is going on? This isn't the club I was planning to come to. Yep. Yes, I've got a longer contract, but shit, I could have stayed 
at Port Adelaide and actually been in a semi-decent side. He actually looked frustrated. He looked oh, yeah. like he when he had the ball, he looked really good. When he, he his composure was good, his kicking efficiency was good. When he delivered the ball, his competitiveness was great. He was just let down by everyone else. Yeah, and he's going to slot straight in uh, for Ben Ronk. I, I literally can't see Ben Ronk playing with um, Taylor and Gray in the team. It just no, just can't he, happen. He's 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 definitely another one who is under will be under the pump big time this year to hold a spot on the list, which is a shame because after his seven goal effort. Uh, that night at the MCG, yeah. you kind of, we, I think we all kind of thought, oh, gee, they're onto something here, but we've <laughs> yeah. only really seen it once since, um, with yeah, another five goal effort. But, five uh, goals against yeah. Geelong, yeah, that's right. But um, look, it's just a shame because he was so exciting. Just he, he just seems to be such a one dimensional player, only really capable of playing a uh, forward pocket role, like a really, really small forward role, and just can't sort of deal with the uh, what the demands are for him up the field. Yeah, but again, it's this thing we do. We we take people out of their preferred position and stick them somewhere else. He's never played well in the midfield for us. We keep chucking him in there thinking that his speed is going to give us something, but it, it just overlays him. He gets confused and coughs up the ball. Just yeah. if he's a forward pocket, just stick him in the forward pocket. I feel like I'm watching. I feel like I'm watching Brandon Jack being stuffed in the forward yep. pocket instead of the midfield all over again with him. Well, look, it's the. Um, I know you want to jump in here, Stephen, but uh, look, it's something we've discussed over the last couple of years. We saw that with Brandon Jack. We saw it with Rose. Rose had a couple of good games in the seniors that looked like he could actually turn himself into a decent role-playing player. Sometimes kind of got the uh, bad sort of end of the deal. Other times he just didn't perform at all. But Ben Ronk is... Um, they're trying to do the Tom Papley thing to him. Papley started in the forward line into the midfield. Ronk started in the forward line into the midfield. Kieran Jack, forward line into the midfield. Uh, McVeigh was a tagger who went back in defense. I know he's a bad example, but they're trying to mold these specific players to do something and the reason being is because that midfield is so freaking slow that they need the pace in the midfield yeah that's but right. they're getting all the midgets to do it they can't rely on the midgets to do it and it's because the players that they've recruited over the last two three years to provide that outside run simply haven't come on and it's the uh debut justin um justin McInerney last year before he should have been debuted and he suffered. He Agreed. really suffered from it. He shouldn't have been playing them, but he, they played him. And he honestly looked like a kid playing against men. Yep. Yeah, Florence yeah. taken two and a half seasons to come on. And he looks good. But how much He actually looks like he's he got get? some size about him this year, though, Florence. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it looks like he's put on a, a couple more kilos of muscle in the offseason. Someone who's put nothing on poor old Riley Stoddard yeah. again. He's just an absolute stick of a kid. and. And I think that's the one thing that lets him down. He, he's probably got enough endurance, but he can't stand up or stand up in it or break a tackle. Well, uh, which is a shame because his ball skills can often be quite good. Yeah, and the Swans picked up three, four good outside players last year, and McInerney is the only one we ever heard anything about. I can't even remember who the other ones were to be honest. Hmm. And McInerney was the third. Actually, he was the second of the outside players. Yeah. So. There was Foot, there was McInerney, there was another guy before McInerney, and then there was um, someone else in the draft. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. And, and we've still got Matthew Ling, who, who for being can't hit with the injury fit. stick, can't get fit, can't get on the field, and he was a first-round selection, which, is again, is a shame because he's got great foot skills. Yeah, look, someone... Let's talk about another player who has great foot skills but has been, uh, for the last year or so, just showing none of that, and that's Bill Hayward. Stephen? Oh my God, Will Hayward! <laughs> oh, anyway, tell us what Will you Hayward. really think, Stephen. So, Will, Will, listen, mate. 
you two years ago, you were up there. You you were really shining in my eyes. I oh, actually thanks, really Stephen. liked you. Yeah, I like but you then, too, buddy. Thanks, mate. But then the problem has been you've had some injuries. I understand. You're just not getting there. You are not developing like a third and fourth year player should, mate. We need you to start to develop. You should be starting to become up into that leadership. Your horse's favourite player, and yet you get picked for no reason. You looked so out of touch in this game, it was unbelievable. If you get picked in this first round coming up, and if you don't show anything against North Melbourne this weekend... There is something seriously wrong with our selection policy because you haven't looked good for at least six months. I'm sorry disagree. to say, but that's the way it actually is. I, I, sorry, I, I, well, I can't disagree well, he, at all. No, but but he hasn't looked good for six months. He hasn't played for six months for a start. Um, and most of last season, he played with torn cartilage in one of his hips, which made him look like a you know, yeah. made him look like a busted spider when he was trying to trying to run and kick. But, so just but give, Josh, give him, why was he playing time. like that? Well, why, why I mean, was he playing like that? Because playing injured players is what we do. Yeah, and yeah. players put their hands up the player. They go, I can play through this. Just give me a jab and I'll play. My, my point is that it's probably a little bit early to um, to, to start worrying about his form. Um, I, I'd say go to round six and then see where we're at with him. Um, yeah, and then you can but start you've got to, to look at it. You've got to look at it. You just said the same thing about a couple of other players, and yet... Will Haywood, who just keeps getting picked week after week, has probably been in the same boat. What did he actually achieve last year? He probably had two or three good games there at the, start the entire of the season, season he played and the start of the season. And then it's just consistency. And I don't care whether he's playing poorly. It's about his intensity at the ball. And I'm sorry to say there was no intensity. And he was probably one of the guys that I was looking forward to seeing rise to that next level and actually show some intensity, especially considering supposedly he had a full preseason this year and it was his first yeah. one. Now, yeah. but, if that's but what the he whole, had after Virtually full everyone out there had a full seat preseason, though. So I can't... Like, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying, but I can't sit and go, Jesus, that bloody... Uh, Wilbur, what what's his friggin' story? My God, he's had a full preseason. He played like that. Well, that was two thirds of the people in the park. So it's like I can't, you can't point at that and say, well, Wilbur's stuffed um, when they've all done it. You you've got to wait and see whether there's a response to to that what they dished up on the weekend. Yeah, well, agreed. Yeah. Well, but Mr. Anderson, is... looks can be deceiving. <laughs> yes, but you've also got to look at it. How many games has he played? He's o- he's over a fifty game player now. And that's what we've got to be looking at. Oh, and yeah. Don't forget that he actually kicked 50 goals faster than Franklin as well. Yes, that's yeah, right. True. And since then, he has looked like a busted crab. There, there is no doubt about that. I don't think we should talk about uh, Tom McCartan too much. He only really came back from... Uh, I don't even know what injury it was, to be honest. This ones don't really talk much about the fitness of players. And at their rate, I wouldn't talk about the fitness of players given how they performed on the weekend. But uh, Tom McCartan, he looked... Probably about the worst I've ever seen him in his. I what, still now, think he's a defender. Years. Oh, he's a defender. I still think he's a defender. A defender, yep. easy. Yep. Yeah, great. I don't even know why they're playing forward. He has looked absolutely hopeless every time they put him as a forward. But as a defender, reads the ball, intercepts, looks a million times better than Malik and makes a few blunders. But you know who doesn't? You need to meet. You Sorry. need to take Tom McCartan's set shot and give it to Will Haywood because Will Haywood's got Agreed. the mark. Yeah. You, you do remember the first time he played right against Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it was. He had a set shot that he put on the full. 
Yeah, I, I, I know. But, but general, generally speaking, his set shots are pretty damn good. Yeah, because he doesn't have any. <laughs> he doesn't get the not, ball. Not many. Ball. Remember that one he kicked, the, his first goal, he kicked off the ground when he was laying on the ground? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yep. Was that against the yeah. Pies? Yep. 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 Yeah, that was the go. That was a cracker. That was a great game. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Anyway, boys, uh, I want to talk about one player yep. that we haven't mentioned yet. And well, it's actually two, and I want to talk about two. But the first one is our ruckman. Yeah. Our ruckman that doesn't seem to get much of a go. Michael Knoll. He played fifteen <laughs> minutes on the weekend. Now tell me, why in the world would you have Sam Naismith? Callum Sinclair and Michael Knoll there and only play one of them in the last quarter when it was completely gone and give him, it wasn't even 15 minutes, it was actually 12 minutes and 38 seconds he spent on the field. Now, you tell me, because I actually timed it the second time I watched it, that's how long he was on the field for. Why would you bother doing that? Why wouldn't you play him in a three-way rotation, especially considering Callum Sinclair is meant to be playing more forward than Ruck this year? Yeah. Well, as it was, Callum Sinclair pay, played um, a fair bit of ruck. I, I agree. We talked about this as well uh, during and after the match, and we couldn't figure it out. We even put it up on the Swans blog as, you know, what's even going on here? This situation doesn't make any sense. And he's a tall guy. Didn't look like he was getting off the ground much. I, I, I don't know. I, look, honestly, we haven't seen enough of him to really even judge whether or not he can play at a level. I, but, I actually, I didn't see him take the field, but, but what I did see of him was... Uh... You know, Sam Gray looking angry on the field. Uh, Michael Noel was angry off the field. He paced up and down that sideline, and you could see it on his face. Why won't that let me go on? Yeah, mm. I, I honestly don't know. I, I can't um, yeah. say and, about it. And speaking of Ruckman, um, the Marsh game here in town where I lived the other day was uh, the Tigers and Collingwood. And uh, by all reports from the... Uh, you know, the, the tiger-loving, Collingwood flag-waving crowd that I work with. Um, Darcy Cameron looked pretty good, and they want to know why we got rid of him. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Darcy yeah. Cameron was rated third best on ground, boys. Mm. Yeah. Now, yeah. you tell me, we didn't give him an absolute shot, and yet he gets third best on ground in the Collingwood-Richmond game. And not only that, this is the second time we've done it. We give it a particular Tasmanian to Richmond in Nankervis, <laughs> and then he comes out and wins a premiership the next year and has been their number one ruckman. Yes, he's not the best in the taps, but Jesus, around the ground, he's much better than anything else we've had. Well, after Talbot left, our ruck whisperer, who uh, managed to get a, uh, a rugby convert to look like a bit of an all-star at one point, um, turned Shane Mumford into a fat, sausage-eating cowboy into a pretty bloody good ruckman and um got darren jolly up to up to the required level we've replaced him with someone who probably can't coach Gee, oh, probably. i don't know about that well i'd say clearly because our ruck has looked like absolute dog shit since he's come in i'm sorry josh uh, and i don't don't no disrespect to dean Cox at all he was an absolutely yep. excellent ruckman i just I just have to doubt he's well, it, coaching it depends on It depends on which way you look at it, though, because, you know, if you're of the school that, that Callum Sinclair's done a, a pretty good job for what he's got to work with, you've got to give some of that credit to his coach as well. Maybe. But then you also look at the fact that the Eagles didn't fight for him. They just pretty much said, yep, off you go. Why, why would you fight for him when you got Scott Lysette and uh, Nick Natanui, though? No, as a coach. 
Yeah, they, that's they right. literally said, "You want to go? Go. See, you. we're not fighting for you." They they literally just wiped their hands and said, "Off you go. Don't worry about it. Have fun." I, I sorry, I have to agree with you, Justin. I'm just in a concerned situation with Callum Sinclair. Realistically, last year wasn't that great. The year before, he did a terrific job. He had a couple yeah. of injuries last year. He fights as hard as he possibly can, but he's a backup ruckman at best. Yeah. I know we had some injuries. We still keep persisting, and I hope to God that he actually turns it around. But Sam Naismith, and let's move on to Sam Naismith now. Yeah, please. My God, like, seriously, Jacob's <laughs> just made him look amateur. We the waited two years that actually, for him. Two years we yeah, waited. The the new kid that came in, who got drafted off their, off a rookie list, mind you. Towed him up. Yeah, towed him up. And, and I'm not talking about around the ground. I'm talking about in the ruck. He's still a beanpole. He's still going to get injured. We we put all our hopes onto Naismith, who's played twenty three games over yeah. seven years. Twenty three over seven. I said last year. I, I said last year, and I still stand by it. We should have caught him as soon as he got the ACL injury. We shouldn't have extended him. We should have caught him. That's right, and we probably should have kept Darcy Cameron, who's probably a better tap ruckman anyway. Yeah. Well. God, who, who honestly knows? But can't I can't disagree with anything you boys have said there. Look, players discussion. I think that's done. I think that's let's get on to some uh some positive. Some positive. Uh, come, one more, one more. I've got one more oh, player, sorry. Make it quick, make it quick, Stephen. And it's just just a quick one. Why didn't <laughs> Jackson Thurlow play on the weekend? I didn't realise he's still playing for the Swans. He's still playing for the Swans. He was sitting in the grandstand. Why isn't he playing? Because he's not injured. Uh yeah. Who, who knows? But yeah, yeah. Ask Brett Kirk. I know he's on the latest <laughs> podcast with Callum Sinclair. <laughs> oh, that's God. exactly right. That's what that's what made me think about it. Why is he on the podcast, and why didn't he play on the weekend, sitting in the grandstand when he's not on the injury list? I don't Who understand knows? it I because mm, I, I'm interesting. Welcome to intermission. State of Origin game. Uh, I loved it. It should come back every year. It needs uh, to be a preseason fixture, in my opinion. What? No. It was entertaining. It was uh, fun to watch. No, I'll give you that. It okay. was entertaining, but it wasn't State of Origin, and no, only one state the... is represented out there. No. Oh, no, I'm going to fight this. One, but it was an exhibition match, and it was an entertaining exhibition match. I mean, it's kind of like watching the... Uh, if you're watching the tennis, you, you're watching all the old players just go out there for a laugh and a giggle oh, and just entertain the crowd. I'll give you that. Yeah. It was an exhibition match, and it was good to watch. Um, okay, I'll, I'll say state of origin. one thing. No. I will say one thing. I agree with you, Justin, and I also agree with you, Josh. It's not the state of origin. They want to call it the All-Stars game, and what they need to do is change the All-Australian, instead of being 40 players, choose 60, and those top 60 players become the All-Stars. Yeah. And oh, then you have the two side teams. Agree. That would be a better yeah. concept. 
Yeah, yeah a bit like the NFL Pro Bowl. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. And if they want to play him next preseason, bang, play him next preseason. Absolutely yep. agree with that. Fair enough. And uh, just option. quietly, I wonder if Ansett Australia or whoever owns the uh, the rights to that logo is gonna <laughs> gonna sue the AFL for infringing their copyright. Well, I think they have to exist as a corporation, don't they? I'd... Oh no, someone's <laughs> yeah, no Ansett right. Australia still exists, but they're just tied up with doing like flight simulator training. It was the one one bit of the business which was still profitable, so they still exist somewhere. Um, but they might have a different name. But I bet you someone, I bet you they still own the rights to the logo, um, and that has to be one of the worst jerseys I've ever seen. True. Well, um, what about big moments from the what game? About the Papley kicking five. Yeah, the the Mills almost taking mark of the universe over Papley's head. <laughs> yep. That was good too. That was that was really good. Um, I know you guys are going to hate me for this one, but uh, Dusty Martin giving up like three goals in the goal square. I thought that was great. No, oh, no, no, that I was agree. all right. I just he just shouldn't have got best on ground. That's kind of hard. I think he gave up like five or six goal assists. No, 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 no. no. no don't fall into it. the hype. Kelly deserved it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And how good were Game. the All Stars in the first three quarters? Electric. Brilliant. But it was I'm sorry to say it was all set up so the Vicks won. That oh, was a yeah. complete set up of a game. Well, they ran out of legs. You can't say it's a setup, but they just ran out of legs. You run out of yeah, leg in a game yeah, with a zero right. defensive pressure. Come on. True. Well well, why not? You just run it end to end. But Yeah, fair enough. I mean it was very much John Longmire effort. Go hard, go early, bang, you're done yep. at the uh, home stretch. Yep. Yep. The, uh, the electrifying point of it was, though, the skills were just brilliant. Oh, yeah. What have yeah. we done to our game by having 18 teams? That's what we've actually done. By looking at that match, we've actually seen what football should and could look like. If we actually had free-flowing footy rather than teams being so worried that they don't have the right talent and the right procedures set up, that they over-coach and over structure teams if you just let players play that's the type of footy you could have all the time well even the commentators were criticizing um hardwick for putting one extra in defense i think it was in like the first quarter (laughs) (laughs) now that was longmire no no no, longmire was coaching the all-stars and the fix put one back in defense when uh, all-stars were smashing them oh was it right yeah so that was that was the funny part, uh, but it was a it was an entertaining match to watch. Uh, it should be how the preseason should be, just fun and exciting, nothing too serious. And the biggest crowd, I'm sorry, the biggest uh, cheer from the crowd on the night was for the Mexican wave, and the entire crowd got involved in it, except Mick Malthouse. Who did you hear what he said about it? Oh, who gives a shit about that old grouchy? Fire? He would have said something about those immigrants coming to steal our jobs. Oh, no, probably. it was, <laughs> or just saying no, he wants to go back to Mexicans. <laughs> it was an absolute disgrace to football. He said, "Was he uh, oh, bending goodness. over and mumbling about skateboards and young people and teenagers?" <laughs> do, do you know what's Hang a on. disgrace to football? Selling great northern beer in a footy stadium—that's yeah, a disgrace to football. That is a disgrace. <laughs> All right, I've got a, got a proposition for you, boys. Uh oh, how about Sounds this dirty. for the yep. for the uh, All Stars game, the best of the best game. You know that week between the season and the finals? Why not have a All-Stars match for the women, the best 40 or 60 players for that, and then an All-Stars match out of the 10 teams that don't make the finals, you pick five from every side, and then they play in the All-Stars match. Well, And you might have... Ten te- the ten teams that are in it, 
you have five from every side and that the five best are chosen. If there's any injuries in that, you actually don't have any issues because teams have got three months, four months to get them ready. Well, the only thing is the finals are slated to change with uh, wildcard entries coming in, I think, next season oh, or the season after. God, are you serious? No, yeah, no, that's oh. true. It has been discussed and Mate, it do, has gone to clubs. I mean, I'm all about taking stuff from the NFL that, that, that works, but wildcard works in the NFL because they've got 32 teams. Yeah, so what's going to happen oh. is it's going to be um, 8 versus 10 and, um, yeah, nine, no, um, 7 versus 10, 8 versus 9. <sighs> yeah, yeah, and that's right. what's going to happen. And that's how they're going to fill in that week of no football on the weekend is having two matches, wildcard matches. So only yeah. the top six are guaranteed finals. That's what's been uh, suggested, and that's what's been put forward to the clubs. Yeah. So I, 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 would, I don't like it. No, I'd like Stephen's idea, but I don't think it's mm. ever going to happen. I tell you what, Steve, that no. was much better than that crackpot idea you came up with last week. What was the crackpot idea I had last week? No, not cracker, crackpot, mate. They're two wow. different things. <laughs> well, he is a about... crackpot, but you know, a bit of a yeah. cracker too. What was the idea? I can't remember. Oh, it was something about the way to structure up State of Origin. It was just... I'm sure it went. You wrote him a letter. I'm sure it went straight in the trash as soon as they read it. <laughs> I reckon it did too. Anyway, I reckon that's a better idea. I've got another one for you, boys. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Here's my here's Edit my coming tip up. for you. Right, it's coming up. Mark this down on the fourth of the third, two thousand and twenty. I've got insider knowledge that there'll be two new teams in the AFL in twenty twenty-five. That's it. I'm out. Yeah. Good luck, guys. Look what you've done. Look what you did to him. Insider knowledge, Josh. Insider yeah. knowledge. <laughs> yep. No, no, I I I think I think you're onto something and they're gonna it'll be part of stopping North and Hawthorne from playing in Tasmania. Um there'll be a team down there and there'll be a team somewhere else. That's exactly right. It's Darwin. Darwin. That's the tip at the moment. Yep. Darwin oh, is here. Here. Yep. Darwin is the tip. It's going to be Darwin will be the 19th team and Tasmania will be the 20th. And they will actually restructure the competition. Every team will play once. And then that'll be it for the season. Then it'll be a finals of the top 10 teams. Well, isn't it really good that at the end of not last season, but the season before, they let the Northern Territory Thunder fold? Mm. Mm, yeah. So Funny, isn't it? I don't know what crack you're smoking, but... Uh, let's go on to the Whatever last it thing. is, I want some of it. Yeah, exactly. And some <laughs> shrooms too, Stephen. Uh, but uh, look, okay. I think, Josh, you wanted to uh, raise this, the uh, Joe Danaher trade. Uh, well, I mean, we said in last week's pod that we'd have a, have a bit of a look at it. Um, just because it was some of the best theatre during a trade period I can remember. Um, and, you know, even though Franklin being signed by Sydney was such a massive story, it kind of, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um Whereas this was just a disaster from every single angle. You know, was seen with Tom Harley. He's asking for a trade. No, he's not asking for a trade. Oh, actually, I am asking for a trade. Puts it in the media. Sydney read about it in the media and say, oh, well, look out. Apparently, Joe Dennehood actually wants to be traded to Sydney. It's a shame no one actually told us about that. It's just a, just a disaster. Um, and everyone had an opinion about it. Should we take him? Shouldn't we? What's he worth? What's his fitness like? And probably... Uh, I guess I think he's worth taking if the price was right and he was fit but I didn't think he was going to be fit and clearly he's not because he's off in Ireland getting looked at again um, what was your guys take on him what What was 
for a fit Danaher, what was he worth trade-wise? Not what Essendon wanted. Yep. One first-round pick at the most. No. Second round. Or just a pretty much bog-average player. No, a, a fit Danaher we're talking a about. A fit Danaher. One first uh, round. Well, fits Fits relative. It's relative to your years. list. No, well, I'm not yeah. talking relative to list. I'm talking in relative terms. What's When it comes to Danaher, we have to declare a level of fitness. Yep. The last time he was really fit was like 2016. When he, won all, when he got on the All-Australian team. Yeah, since then he's just been cruel by injury. But you've got to look at it this way. He, ha- he got All-Australian one year. And that was good. But realistically, over his career, has he actually been that good? He can't kick to save himself. He takes some awesome marks. But realistically, he's he's another player that we'd pick up because he can't bloody kick. Well, that year that he got All-Australian, Franklin just beat him to the... Um, I think he just beat him to the Coleman medal. He kicked 60-something goals. Uh, so it was him, Franklin... Uh, Rewalt, I think, and uh, Brown, who kicked around that sixty goal mark. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he was that was the year that Essendon were paying for a goal kicking coach for him, and then got rid of him. The, got rid of the yeah. coach the year after. And yeah. ever since then, yeah. he's just been injury after injury, and he hasn't been fit. Um, I think the only other decent game he played really was that game he played against us in twenty seventeen. And since yep. then, he's just been in and out of the side. I think he played like eight games and then six games. Yep. So um, not. So we didn't take him this year, and I, I'm absolutely perfect with that. No problems whatsoever. He wasn't worth anything what they were asking for. My next question to you boys is: If he came up as a free agent at the end of the year, and he was fit, what's he worth? Oh, he'd be um, an unrestricted, wouldn't he? He would. Uh, yes, I think so. No, he's restricted free agent. He's restricted. He's not well. Yeah. It doesn't matter because Essen is going to match it. They're not letting him go. Uh, the only way we're getting him is on say, a trade. No, that what will happen is this. We will offer him, stupidly, we will offer him a long-term contract. We will do what we did with Buddy, and we'll offer him 800000 over seven years. And we will be stupid, and that's what we'll do. And we'll get probably five or eight games a year out of him over those seven <laughs> years. Um, so you're saying Kurt Tippett, Mark, too? Correct. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I uh, honestly, if we can get him for under seven hundred grand a year, I'd be happy. I would because I don't Provided reckon he's fit. got a. Well, that's the thing. Provided he's fit, the problem well, there's, is there's no reason to have both him and Sam Reid on that list at the same time, though. And Especially, Franklin and Blakey and Franklin and Blakey and Will Hayward yep. and. Um, so you got to give someone McCartan. up if you're going to do that. McCartan. McCartan's a defender. I don't, I don't care what else is. <laughs> yeah, but he's <laughs> played like as a five forward. Forwards so. that are basically the same. No, I just don't see where he fits in at all. And, and I, I imagine... I, I, I actually just don't know how serious Sydney were about even getting him, you know? Like, it's... The clubs don't say anything about this stuff in the media. Um, it, it's obviously all internal, and so it should be. But um, I just... Do they actually rate him anyway? Well, going by the trade period, it seemed like they did rate him. They went hard on him. Yep. yep. They did. To offer up... Um, Draft pick five and nine, and that was the only way Carlton were getting Papley. They were after him. They wanted him because they actually had the deal in the bag, I think. Harley had organised the whole thing, and it had been in there for a while. Whether it fell over. the media came yeah. out and said that we didn't know about it, it was somewhere in there, and I actually no. think we were going for him. 
Well, I think no, I... that's right. And you've also got idiots. Well, not idiots, but you got media pundits like um, Matthew Lloyd in the background, who's obviously got a lot to do with Essendon, going, "Oh, you know, he's worth three first rounders. What are you doing? He's not worth three first rounders. He's no. worth one and a third or a second or something. Not, not even two first rounders, given his fitness state. Like it's just a joke. No, well, Dodoro's always been a bit of an idiot to trade with, to work with, and Essendon have historically been an extremely difficult team to trade with in general. And if you want anyone from Essendon, you have to pay hovers for them. And they're not yeah, that, that is worth true. what you pay for them. And I think the other the factor is the fact that uh, we couldn't get rid of Papley. Not that we wanted to, but we couldn't strike a deal for Papley to go to Carlton or to any other club. I think given the fallout out of the, out of Carlton, I don't think they were that, that serious about getting him either. No, but Carlton offered pick nine for Papley. The only thing that held up the whole entire deal was the fact that we would only trade Papley if we got Danaher for pick five and nine. Yep. That was the whole thing. That was the hold-up. Carlton had offered pick nine for Papley. Yeah, I mean, it was all there. It just at, fell apart. Yeah, they yeah, came which, out and admitted that. Who in Carlton offered it, though? And that's part of the Carlton problem at, at the moment, is that there's what Silvani was trying to do and then what members of the board of directors were trying to do. And you had two different sides pulling in opposite directions, and that's why Silvani's gone. I don't think Silvani yeah. wanted Papley. I don't think I think he realised he doesn't really fit into their team. I can't see how. I mean, he's probably one of the best small forwards in the league. Yeah, that's right. They they wanted him. Trust me, because he was there. They actually saw building a forward line around him, and the only reason they ended up getting Betts was because they didn't get Papley realistically. Yeah. And Betts is going to yeah. They'll make a hell of a lot more money. Yeah. Yeah, but they'll make a they'll make a fortune off bets though. Like Oh, no doubt it. About it. They will. But bets that that, that, like that was a fine the bets trade was a financial thing as much as anything else. It's more financial because performance wise, he's gonna be lucky to kick thirty a year. Oh yeah. Well that's true. That that's why it's you know, Franklin's I know we're really drifting off topic, but that's one of the reasons when people go, Oh, Sydney haven't won a flag with Franklin, it's like yeah, but they made tens of millions of dollars off his name, like there's bigger things than just winning a flag. And let's yeah. face it, we had a chance to win two with him and we you know, didn't show up for yeah. one game and, and got, got screwed <laughs> by the umpires in the other. So, Well, um, speaking of Franklin, and we're just going to wind a podcast up in a minute, but speaking of Franklin and the Swans, I found it really telling that last year, despite the fact that we broke the membership record and by some margin the Swans neglected to really put it out there. Yeah, yeah, that's true, they did. Yeah, and we smashed past 60,000. I think we got uh, 62 or 63, wasn't it? Yep. Something and like that. Barely even knew about it. It was barely even announced. Mm-hmm. So, yep, this is true. Why? Yeah, it's what is your conspiracy theory? It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just, I would say over the last three seasons, since the performances haven't been as good, the communication from the club has been about as good as their on-field performances. Uh, except for their social media stuff. They're, they're, the quality of their social media stuff has gone bananas. Um, but a lot of it feels like, if you watch it long enough and hard enough, it feels like smoke and mirrors stuff now. Yeah, it's all pretty forced. But Josh, I actually look at it, and you say that their social media stuff's been good. But as you know, and as most of the listeners In comparison know, to where it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I actually compare it to... Hawthorne and North Melbourne, because as people know, I'm from Tassie and I'm a member of both other teams, not that I like them. So I get all sure, their sure, garbage sure. as I get all their garbage as well. Their social media push out and their letters to their members and the emails that they send 
Oh, are oh, superior. Yeah. Phenomenal oh, compared yeah. to to the Swans. Like I reckon, I receive an email from North Melbourne in particular. No, probably Hawthorne more. I reckon at least one every two days, and it's from different players each time. You know, um, what's his face? The president of now former president of Hawthorne. Can he it? sends one a week. Um, and then you've got, you know. When Brayshaw was president of North Melbourne, he was sending out one a week. He'd send out podcasts. He'd send out voice messages. I get a phone call from North Melbourne at least once a week saying, make sure you're at the game supporting them, blah, blah, blah. You know, And it's a recorded message. But all this type of stuff, they send it to every member. You so, just don't seem to get that from the Swans. Like, like my partner and I, we were Premiership Club members for, oh, what, since 2013 now. And I reckon we might get like two emails a year from the club about that membership. Yeah. And it's not cheap. So. Yeah. And uh, I was a premium member. I can't afford it this year because building a house, but I was a premium member for a few years. Barely got any communication from the club about it too. Thanks for so, uh, the couple thousand this... dollars you pay, but um, you know, whatever. Yeah. So this weekend, who are we playing? North. God, I don't know. North <laughs> and Kingston Twin Ovals. I'll be and... there. So any... Swans fans that are out there listening, yep. come up and say hello. And uh, well, you Steve, you'll have to, game, to, uh, to you'll have to uh, you'll have to have to uh, give us some live updates, mate, while you're there, and let us know if uh, if we actually show up and play this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll keep us all informed. I'm going to take a video footage that we'll be able to play on next episodes data, and we will actually be able to set it up with me speaking live from the game about how good. Or how poorly we play. Oh, good you God! Give us, give us a little, give us a little recording at the end of each quarter and half and full time about how it went. All right, I'll do that for you. Right, <laughs> and we'll string it together and we'll stick it up on the blog. Yeah, a brief thirty-second recount of each quarter. You don't Brilliant. know what brief means. You think brief is a period thirty of seconds. Yeah. No? I'll time it thirty <laughs> seconds per quarter. Yeah, yeah. Put the decimal point in yep. the wrong spot. Be thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh guys thank you so much for coming on again tonight it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you very thank much you, uh and we are playing on the weekend so get to the game uh cheer on the swans they're gonna need all the help they can get for this practice match and uh we'll be back next week for uh hopefully a good review but uh, more than likely another autopsy so until next time um go swans go swans <laughs> <laughs> you two suck go swannies and this episode was brought to you by Han Superdry, refreshing low carb, and Glenn Fittick.